Rika. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. And look at that. We actually are reviewing the latest movies. Whoa, what year is it? (laughs) If you would have asked me, it's definitely not 2020. But anyway, besides the point, Jessica, how are you doing today? Yo, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm on the other side of a bathroom renovation, so I'm feeling really good. The workers are gone. The mess is gone. And the bathroom is wonderful. So I can't wait to enjoy it. Yes. <laughs> like it still needs another deep clean, but we're there. It's right, done. of course. No more I- materials in every corner of my house. <laughs> <laughs> You've definitely posted photos from it. I, I like the uh, the subway wall that you have for yeah. the tub. Very nice. Very nice yes. touch. So uh, today we are going to talk about a new movie. That Another just classy, a classy movie. A classy movie about <laughs> sophistication, living in mansions. Uh, and that movie is Rebecca. Now, before we get started on talking about Rebecca, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, and many, many more. And if you do like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts because that goes a long way for us. Come check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Always Critic Pod. Lastly, if you're a fan, please, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash always critic pod. Now, one thing I will say about Patreon is that you can support us for the grand total of a dollar. If you want to a dollar, <laughs> yes, a dollar a month. If you want to, that yeah. just shows the appreciation that you have for us. And that actually goes a long way into our stuff here, whether it's cost of the website, because websites are not free. Also just doing everything that we do uh, just to show that, Hey, you know what? We like listening to you guys. And here's, here's not even a cup of coffee because if I say cup of coffee, You're spending more on a cup of coffee than you are on supporting us here on Patreon. So check us out there. Once again, patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. Yeah. Now, let's talk about Rebecca. Now, why did we choose to talk about Rebecca? Because earlier in the year, we did a whole Hitchcock series, ATC Presents Hitchcock. And we covered Rebecca. Yes, we did. Yeah, from 1940. It's a, you know, Hitchcock directed it. It won a bunch of Oscars, including Best Picture. And it was the first time watch for both of us. We, at least I, enjoyed the original Rebecca. And we also mentioned in the pod that there was going to be another adaptation coming along later in the year. Which is why we're here right now. Because we definitely want to review this movie, talk about it. Especially because I feel like not... Every person has had the opportunity to see the original 1940 Rebecca. Right. So I feel like we're we're primed and ready. We know so much about Hitchcock now, and we know the lineage of the movie. And so to see it kind of boomerang in the same year that we took the crash course is interesting, and we can't wait to talk about it. So uh, one thing I will say is that uh, this movie, leading up to before it was released... Uh, I think there was a lot of talk about 
it not really being a remake because of the fact that they were basing it more on the actual novel, uh, not necessarily on Hitchcock, Hitchcock's uh, legendary, you know, best picture winner. Right. So, which I guess makes understandable some of the differences that we'll see between 1940 Rebecca and 2020 Rebecca. Correct. 80 years. Wow. That Thinking wow. about that number is just like a little <laughs> shocking when you say it out loud. Yeah. Um, but so now let's let's discuss it. So we have this movie is directed by Ben Wheatley. It's written by Jane Goldman, who also wrote uh, Stardust, Kick-Ass, X-Men First Class and The Kingsman. That is such a different set of so, movies. Exactly. I wanted to point that out is because Jane Goldman has been writing blockbuster kind of action flicks, fantasy action flicks yeah. for the masses. And now she's doing Rebecca, which is like effectively a thriller from the master behind like the genre. So it's very odd. It yeah. kind of doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense. And if you wanted to even push it down even further, it's a period piece. That's correct. That's what she's making here or writing in this particular case. But she was helped by uh, Joe Shrapnel, who. Uh, what a last name. Yeah, I know. Joe Shrapnel. Shrapnel and Anna Waterhouse, <laughs> both of them helped write uh, 2019 Seaberg. That was a movie starring Kristen Stewart. I never got around to it. I kept Neither did I. To, yeah. Now, uh, we did mention that it's based on a book. It's based on the novel by Daphne du Maurier. I we had trouble last time saying her name, too. I uh, but Daphne it. wrote it. Yes, Daphne <laughs> wrote this book, this novel. And it stars Lily James, Army Hammer, Kristen Scott Thomas, and Sam Riley, among others. Uh, we'll get into the specifics of their characters in just a moment. We will. But uh, this movie, uh, we don't have anything in terms of box office because, again, it's a Netflix release. Yeah. So this came out this past Wednesday, October, I believe 21st. it was 21st. Yeah. Exactly. So real quick, though, th th just because there was no box office doesn't mean that critics didn't get to see it because critics yeah. did and they had their views. Uh, uh, as far as Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> uh, it was given a 44% oh. by critics. And then audiences were not very favorable either at 43%. So, <laughs> yeah. Wow, so the audience was audiences, right there with the critics. Yeah, they were, they were lock and step. So uh, just <laughs> as a quick little thing about how the critics saw this, uh, according to Rotten Tomatoes, Ben Wheatley's Rebecca remake is ravishing to behold, but it never quite gets to the heart of the classic source material or truly justifies its own existence. Mm-hmm. So now with all that said, yeah. all that preamble, uh -huh. Jessica, what are your initial thoughts on the 2020 Rebecca? I was very disappointed. <laughs> very disappointed. Okay, so disappointed. All right. So there's so many different things you could say when when you say disappointed. I think well, no, well, let me just say this. I am in step with you here okay i am i was disappointed by this i think the movie is beautiful to look at i don't think they're wrong by that i, I think would agree it the beautiful it's beautiful cinematography the colors are very bright uh vibrant throughout so 
looking at it is not the problem. Yes, it's nice to look at. Yes. Uh, I think the movie has a problem with its general plot. And this, I had this (laughs) same problem with the 1940 version. Yes, you had qualms with the 1940 version, whereas I like was eating it up. Like I right. loved it. Yeah. You loved it. I I enjoyed it, but I still had my qualms. But here it's like they the qualms are exacerbated. Like they mm. like they everything that I did not like about the 1940 version, they right. really just like hammered it home here. It was worse. It was worse. But mm-hmm. but there's a couple of things that I did enjoy in this version. Oh. So just to get just general things, uh, we have Army Hammer's character, Maxim de Winter. Uh, yep. He is basically a rich figure <laughs> in England. Uh, he is a widow. 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 Widower. Uh, there we go. Widower. And he is out vacationing and uh-huh. he meets Lily James's character. Yeah. Which, by the way, <laughs> when he meets her, does not have a name. No. Uh, this is a character that does not have a name until she marries Maxim de Winter and yes. she becomes Mrs. de Winter. Yes. Doesn't even have a first name. So oh, this is not a spoilers. This is also, not. This because, is not a spoiler. Um, the, this is just kind very of in the general. synopsis. Yeah, this is yeah. very general stuff. Lily James, uh, you know, they have a whirlwind type of love affair that starts off the relationship. Like at the beginning, it's more like <laughs> Maxim the Winter is looking for companionship, but then it turns into romance. Okay, so, so here's the thing: like in the original movie uh they kind of meet and she thinks he's about to commit suicide ah yes yes i remember this and that's kind of like her view of him is like oh my god he's about to commit suicide he plot twist doesn't and never intended to but it looked like that and that kind of colors i feel like the rest of the audience's perception of maxim de winter is that there's some sort of underlying issue with him that isn't apparent when you look at him or when she interacts with him. Right. In this one, first of all, we don't get the suicide scare at the beginning. No, we do not. It's totally, like, ignored. Um, Not done at all. And Army Hammer plays him as, like, this debonair uh, world traveler you know, has an estate, a famous estate back home and he's a widower. Like that's all we kind of get. And he isn't like, I don't want to say he's tortured, but he has like an attitude about him. Yes. He, he is not the most loving character there is such a charm to Maxim in the original 1940 version where mm-hmm. Army doesn't really attempt that other than like what they give him, like the clothes, the hair, the car, the, you know, the luxurious hotel that he's staying at. Like all of that plays into this Bruce Wayne kind of type. Right. Yes. But he in his acting performance. It's not really coming across. Yeah, if you, if you get what I mean, he he's pretty much acting standoffish. He's mm. 
acting more of he's he he looks like he's hiding something yeah he's being very obvious like when she like very i I don't want to say it's casual but like when she casually kind of invades his personal uh life and tries to get to know him better he like shuts the door in her face like very obviously very obviously instead of it being way more subtle in the original movie where maxim isn't like getting irate and um saying crazy things to her like um you know i should have never brought you back to uh uh mandalay yeah and things like that like very like oh my god that went from zero to 60 yes it does he does turn on a dime yeah and and that kind of sucks because army hammer i would say is a very charismatic guy i think yes he gives off a lot of charm in a lot of different performances Mm. even when he's not even let's say the lead character of a movie or he's playing against type like he's not playing a sympathetic character he's playing a villain even like that, he still has charm. Like, I thought movie, he was very weird. Like, it was a weird performance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is it, a weird performance. Yeah. And then his accent was terrible. Oh, yeah. He's supposed to <laughs> like, be British. But awful. <laughs> terrible. Yeah. So, a lot of things contributing to, like, me disliking Army Hammer's performance. Right. On the other hand... Lily James, I felt, was trying more oh, yeah, <laughs> than no. Army Hammer. Much more. But still not as good as the original Mrs. DeWinter, mm-hmm. who ha- like embodied this character. Like I felt like she was Mrs. DeWinter all the time. You know right. what I'm saying? I, like I see what you're saying. Doe-eyed, naive girl who's afraid of her own shadow and truly is out of place in such a huge estate and doesn't really have a backbone this kind of character it was it is so hard to make that believable and the original mrs de winter that actress she should have won the best actress she did it she won later for a different hitchcock movie and Lily James never, I'm never like, ooh, Oscar, like I was for the 1940 Rebecca. Well, here's the thing about this movie. I think this movie kind of, the the material is not really there for anyone to really grasp onto. Mm. I think this movie wants to feel like a mystery, but it does a terrible job. It is, yes. Doing it. There is no... <laughs> Like, like, yeah. There's a lot of like tones throughout, mm. or even lighting and framing the way they <laughs> they put stuff in the picture at at a given moment that's supposed to make it feel like this is going to be a thriller or this is going right. to be a mystery. Yeah. And the movie is not that. The movie no. is more gaslighting, or or it's more. I'll put it this way: trying to gaslight, trying to gaslight, and at the same time really like beating the crap out of lily james's character emotionally like they make that character feel like a piece of crap like throughout like yeah and and, and it's what like i was saying before it's so overt right like it's, the bullying and the and everything is super overt right compared to the original where you're like 
maybe it is in her head. Like maybe she is reading this wrong. Right. Because no one was going after her with like claws out. No, no, no. It was like, you know, obviously you knew like there was a villainous character in um, Mrs. Danvers. But again, like it's not until maybe two thirds of the way through the movie that you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. Mrs. Danvers is totally like the villain in this. She's like the bad person. She's instigating her and, and driving her toward Toward right. suicide. And, <laughs> like, and it, that's in know. the 1940 version. Yes, that's in the here, 1940 version. Right. Here, we do have a... I would say, like, the performance is, is pretty good by Kristen Scott Thomas. Uh, I, I think that she does a pretty good job of establishing that she is the villain, even though mm. I would prefer if the movie didn't establish her as the villain until later, like the way right. the 1940 version. Because you're but, just unsettled by Mrs. Danvers the right. whole time in the 1940 version. You know that, like, there's something otherworldly about her, even in the way that they treat her and they film her. Um, what was it? Like, she's never shown walking in the no, 1940 she's version. Never shown walking. She's no, just like, right. she just like appears in the in the in room places, yeah. in places. And so that brings that like otherworldly quality to her. We're like, is she real? <laughs> like it's, it's so <laughs> bizarre and it's done on purpose. It's intentional. And in this one, they don't bother with that, um, you know, kind of filmmaking techniques that help you feel like something is up with Mrs. Danvers, but there's nothing overt about it. Right. It's so subtle. Here in this version, what we're getting is from the moment she's introduced, you can already tell she is going to be the adversary. You're like, oh, she's a bitch. Right. From the very moment that you meet her. And it's not like... Versus, versus ooh, this lady's There's something creepy. off about this yeah. woman. Yeah. No, that that's not the vibe they give at all. That's I not the way they... I never get the creepy vibe from the no, Mrs. Danvers played no. by Kristen Scott Thomas in this version. It just doesn't happen. I'm like, no. oh, she's just mean. She's rude. Like, she's overstepping her boundaries. Like, it's a totally different vibe from Kristen Scott Thomas. And it's not Oscar-worthy at all <laughs> compared to the original where Mrs. D- the lady that played Mrs. Danvers in the original did win an Oscar Yes. Based on her performance in Rebecca, which is insane. Exactly. So I think one way to frame this is the the two movies that we're comparing, like we're talking about a masterclass in thrill and excitement and mystery done by one of the greatest directors of all time. And then we have a Ben Wheatley, who really doesn't have a lot of filmography and directing credits to his name, managed to create a beautiful movie with very little substance and like not at all the kind of craft that went into the original 1940 movie. And I would say it leans itself. It, it The reason why is because the writing is just not there. Like characters, you know feel the motivations are are so weird throughout uh-huh. the movie because you don't know you know army hammer's character uh happy and fun and go lightly at one moment and then turns on a dime to being like a menacing figure like at just like why would that make her why, love it? like why would she stick around for this yeah. like, bipolar um uh guy <laughs> right exactly 
So, and not that there's anything wrong with being with a bipolar person, but this is not 2020. This is like the 19, uh, you know, essentially the 1940s. Pretty much. It's a period piece. And, you know, it's bizarre to see her kind of take more of like a battered woman approach to the character and how it's written versus she genuinely like fell in love and was charmed out of her mind by Maxim de Winter. Yes. This doesn't and feel a, there is also like a, a sense love. of like, no, it doesn't. And there's also a sense of in the original that he's much older than her. And she's true. That's also so true. young and like impressionable. And this one, they seem way closer in age. So like that feeling of like he might know better, he's more experienced, blah blah blah. Um, despite being problematic, I find it problematic to have such a the, huge age gap. To in have a huge age difference, yeah. But you get that like that layer in their relationship is gone. Yes. So so it just seems like a poorly executed love story. Number one, on top of trying to create a false mystery which at the end we keep dancing around what the mystery is right but we'll, we'll do it in spoilers don't right worry. and so since we're kind of veering in there did you, yeah did you want to go ahead and give your score out of five for rebecca what did you give it i gave it a two and a half out of five yeah i was right there with you two and a half <laughs> um yeah and the thing is like the original rebecca for me like i gave it a three and a half Right, you didn't love it. I, I didn't love it. it. Yeah, and but I there was a lot of things that I could pull from that version. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when you compare and contrast, even though you know the creator of this 2020 version doesn't want you to compare it, uh, then you it's are so going bizarre. to compare it's it. It's so bizarre that he doesn't want you to compare it because immediately it's lived like the entire pieces of dialogue are lifted. Yes. Yeah. So. And so it's like not. How can you say that? <laughs> it's like the same exact movie in places because the dialogue is so similar. So similar. So with that said, let's go ahead and jump into spoilers. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I am the father. I see dead people. The devil ever pulled. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Was convincing the world. You can't handle the truth. He didn't exist. Oh, what's in the box? All right. So now that we're in spoilers, let's talk about the mystery. So uh, Rebecca, first off, Rebecca (laughs) DeWinter is a character that is never shown in the movie. Uh, In the original. In the original. And in this movie, we see her back, you know, like (sighs) – This is a very disappointing part of the movie for me. Right. This is a character that really just isn't shown. She is not. Yeah, she's not shown on screen at all in the 1940s. She's like um, uh, a presence, an oppressive kind of memory on Mandalay. And she is, uh, you know, this persona that mrs de winter can never live up to and is she's never shown in the movie in this movie in the 2020 version they do have uh kind of like 
nightmare sequences for the Mrs. De Winter where she sees Rebecca or envisions Rebecca in her dreams or but she doesn't really like see and she's her, like see her. Or, or there's like you know certain sequences where you see you don't see her face but you see like the back of Rebecca walking into Mandalay yes. with like a red dress on and yeah. at one point at the party um what is it the ball Mandalay ball she sees her in the party like walking around the party and she's like, Oh my God, I have to find Rebecca. I have to see like, she's like drawn to this like specter of Rebecca in the party. And again, like this is not at all in the original. And I think it brought down the 2020 version so much because you don't need it. No, you don't need it. You don't need it. Why even show this? Like a Rebecca. I think that movies and TV shows when, when there's a, and I'll use the word specter like you did, when there is a specter or there is the idea of a character that gets talked about over and over mm-hmm. and over again, there is an expectation by the audience that we have to see this character. There's uh, no, you know, yeah. so it's like Chekhov's character in this point, like you keep naming her, are you mm-hmm. going to show her or reveal her? And I applaud the 1940 version never showing her because it's not needed because it's it all about the power. I, it's all about the idea, the idea of, her. of her exactly exactly but this movie kind of wants to do the same thing but at the same time wants to live in or give the expectation of the audience what it wants which is to reveal rebecca in a way yeah. which just does the movie a disservice yes we don't need it again at the end of the day the 1940 version really relied on the experience that the characters had with Rebecca. And -hmm. now we have a character and we are that character in the movie Mm -hmm. experiencing everyone else's experience or being told secondhand how it was to be with Rebecca, how beautiful Rebecca was and all that. And so the, the big mystery is what exactly happened to Rebecca? Why is it that, uh, Mr. DeWinter is a widower. She died, of course, but there's every time that Mrs. DeWinter brings it up, what, you know, about Rebecca or mm-hmm. how did she die, you know, Maxim doesn't want to talk about it, doesn't want to right. bring it up. And finally, we get the reveal that she died in a boating accident, pretty much. Like she mm-hmm. went out to sea and her boat sunk, and they believe that it was suicide that she committed. Hmm. But there's some questions about that because there's another character that comes in, which is Jack Favell. Jack Favell is played by Sam Riley. And Jack is I, the <laughs> lover, cousin lover or cousin lover. <laughs> it's yeah, a cousin it's, lover. It's weird. Um, cousin of Rebecca, but they were secretly lovers. And what, But he was one of many. As yeah, well. he was. Yeah, apparently one of many. But he believes that it wasn't a suicide he believes that rebecca was murdered correct and he believes that it was maxim who did it so yeah and on top of that the (laughs) other piece of the puzzle is that it is believed possibly that rebecca was pregnant when she died so that starts to unravel too late in the movie for me yeah in this version I think in this well, here's version, the thing like the original movie is so tight. It, it is. is so um, 
good about the editing on it. And in this one, again, you have all of these like throwaway scenes of Rebecca in the mansion, around the mansion, haunting uh, Mrs. De Winter. And then you also have scenes like the entire ball, which is explored at length. Yes, it is. In the 2020 version. In the original version, they never even have the party, essentially. Like, they, they get dressed comes, and people get there, but... She has that moment where she comes down the stairs, she's, oh my God, she's dressed like Rebecca in the painting that's at right. the top of the stairs. Oh my God, she got tricked, and Maxim tells her to go change. Um, she goes upstairs and starts crying in Rebecca's room which is essentially sealed off. Mrs. Danvers has her whole moment where she's like, you know, just, just kill yourself, which is also in the, in this 2020 version. Right. But before this little, um, pity party, they have the whole party. <laughs> like they have the they entire have ball. Yeah. People dressed and up, people dressed up, dancing. The guests and all see this. her, the, um, Lily James is wearing the most atrocious dress I've ever seen. <laughs> at the party <laughs> oh my god Here, here's the biggest difference and I think this is what makes the difference in the movie the 1940 version you get the the inciting moment that it's possible that Maxim or he reveals hmm. that he deliberately did something to the boat uh-huh. you get in the 1940 version you okay. get it at the halfway so point of the I, movie yes so which, you um, which is a big deal it's a huge deal because again they don't have the party. The they find the boat. There's a, a boat out there that's capsized. The party goers and Maxim go out to help uh, save the people in the boat out there, and they end up finding Rebecca's boat and Rebecca's body, which has yes. been underwater for like months. Um, in and this so, version, they do it too late. They, they there's do it too super much. Late. Yeah, there's too much that happens, and then finally with. 35 minutes left in the movie is where they find the boat. They find the boat. And then in the original, there's this amazing, amazing monologue between, and and it's Maxim telling the whole story of him and Rebecca. And you don't like literally um, Mrs. DeWinter comes in, in the 1940 version. And she's like, how it must be so hard for you, blah, blah, blah. They found Rebecca. And he's like, yeah, I know that they found her and he's devastated. And you think he's devastated because he loves Rebecca and they found her body. He goes, no, um, I knew that the boat was there. And she goes, well, how did you know? And he goes, because I put it there. And it's like a, oh my God. Yes. Because it's done so well. Like it leads up to this great moment where you're like, oh shit, he put the boat there. He may have killed Rebecca. He goes on to describe this crazy ass relationship that he has with her, which is she gets to sleep around with whoever she wants in secret. And then she's also the perfect wife in front of everybody. And he hates her for it. Of course. Um, Of course. Um, that's the other big plot twist is that she's like, Mrs. DeWinter is like, oh my God, um, you know, I couldn't, we couldn't really get close because I knew that you loved Rebecca so much. And he goes, what? <laughs> you thought that I loved her? I hated her. And that's the second crazy bah, bah, 
moment in the 1940 movie, which is totally like lost in the 2020 version. Totally lost. Those two big like bomb drops in this one scene. And I hate how in the original, he was not responsible for her death. Right. He was like, she fell, hit her head on some uh, like metal parts of like a an anchor or something and she died and who was gonna believe me that i didn't kill her so i had to cover it up but he's innocent totally innocent of the crime in this 2020 version bruh he's totally guilty of killing her he straight up murdered her with a gun and then hid the body by sinking it on her boat which that's a huge difference. That's a huge that means, difference. That means Mrs. DeWinter is legitimately helping a murderer be, be free, stay right. free. There's a difference between the 40 and now that right there is that in the 40 version, she believes Max that he, she, he didn't kill her and, but nobody would believe him. Right. So she's helping him. Yeah. Like, I believe you, I love you, we're going to get you through this. But in this version, it's like, oh, you killed her. Well, oh, I she love deserved you now. It. She deserved yeah. it. And that's the thing that is kind of the, the line that's running through both movies is that Rebecca deserved to die because she was sleeping around and ha- it was an adulterous wife and was treating Maxim terribly. Except in the original 1940 movie, she didn't get killed. Like she wasn't no. executed for no, her she wasn't like crimes for her, you know, dalliances or, no. her, or her, you know, whatever she was doing. Right. In this one, she was <laughs> like, what is that about? Right. So, so it's that's so a major problem. Yeah, yeah. That's a major problem in this movie. Uh, that we just get a a mystery that unravels too late. At the same time, everything leading up to it is kind of boring because, yeah. and it's too over. It, there's no subtlety whatsoever in like terms he of sleepwalks in the middle of the night and goes to Rebecca's room. In yeah, the 2020 version. Yes. Did you understand that? No, there was no. Why reason the hell for that. were they? Why? There was no reason for that. Again, and if later there was the reveal that he hated her, which is common in both movies, why the hell would they have him sleepwalking that doesn't add... Like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me at all. It only makes sense in the sense to terrorize Mrs. DeWinter. Right. But again, there was none of that in the 1940 movie, and she was terrorized. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think this movie just suffers from not knowing how to truly adapt the 1940 version. No. They montage through the trial yep. in the 2020 version instead of really dwelling on it in the 1940 version, which was apparently a great idea, which I didn't think anything of it if when I watched the 1940 movie. But montaging your way through the trial left way more open to interpretation and actually cause can I felt like if I didn't already watch the movie and knew what was going to happen, I would be super confused. Yes. Yes, exactly. 
I would what have been the hell confused. they were there like, for. Why were they there? Uh, I didn't know there was a trial. Why is this trial happening yes. at this time? Yeah, there's there's problems yeah. with this movie. And, and then we're moving on from the trial to Rebecca went to the doctor. And because this really, is the proof. This is the proof. What this, was she going to the doctor for? Because if she was pregnant, then that would give her a reason to live. And it would throw right. out the suicide and, um, uh, reason. Right. The reason for suicide. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden they could go ahead and they could pin it on Maxim de Winter. Yes. That this was indeed a murder. Uh, <laughs> and so so it all relies on her visit to the doctor. They need proof. They need to show yes. that In she the original, was. It's a big if. Like, what is the doctor going to say? There's no, like... There's no reason why he shouldn't say that she is isn't pregnant. And Mrs. DeWinter, Maxim, the police, and um Jack Favell all go to the doctor together. Yes. They all visit the doctor together to see what he has to say. In the 2020 version, it's like she it, Mrs. DeWinter is like racing the authorities to get to the doctor before them to see what is in her chart what's in her file and maybe get a hold of evidence which is like really illegal and um it's really they're trying to inject a lot of um suspense into this into this one part and it doesn't fly no it doesn't work it's lame yeah it's a terribly lame it's so terrible that they did it i would have jack favell didn't go no. Neither did Maxim De Winter, who they took into custody for some reason. Right. <laughs> like, so he was in jail. Like, all the players are separated for this actually a really important reveal at the doctor's office, which is Rebecca wasn't wasn't pregnant. She was dying. She was terminal. She had cancer. And so that would give her a reason to kill herself because she didn't want to suffer. She was in immense pain. She said some really questionable thing to the doctor that was like, oh, no, it's not going to be that long um, before, right. she, before I die. So, you know, it's get, given to the characters piecemeal instead of like, boom, all at once. And everyone's like, oh, my God. No, it's, it's she, terribly delivered. It's terribly delivered. And then the original Jack Favell was devastated that his cousin lover was dying of cancer and very fat, like in a quick decline, she would have gone had she not died. And he's extremely taken aback by the news in the 2020 version. He goes to like have words with Maxim and Mrs. DeWinter when they get out of jail, when he gets out of jail and he's not devastated in the slightest that his cousin lover was had terminal cancer and was kind of still trying to pin it on Maxim. Like it's not over or whatever is so weird. And then Mrs. DeWinter has this weird line. That's like, if you want to say something, you better say it now. Like all of a sudden she has balls and she's like, if you're going to say some shit, tell it to my face, which again, like for what? Like, (laughs) yeah. So it's so like tone deaf. It's so weird how her character goes 95% of the movie just like in pure like 
help me please damsel mm-hmm. in distress or being you know tormented by these people yeah or you know just being put down for not being good enough or not being beautiful enough like even um mrs danvers says uh you know uh i'm pretty sure you'll you'll be able to please him like kind of like just putting <sighs> down like yeah you 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 you're good enough, but yeah. you'll never be Rebecca. And there was some mess of 2020 sensibilities thrown thrown into this movie for good measure, which I thought was really, you know, I'm not for like, okay, we can inject some uh, um, uh, forward thinking into some of these period pieces tastefully. This was not tasteful. So in the original, Mrs. Danvers is telling um, Mrs. DeWinter that, you know, nothing could bring Rebecca down. She was like a force to be reckoned with. And in the end, only the sea was able to take her down, was able to take her out. And it's very interesting that like, she kind of pins it on like, it was her versus nature. It was never her versus another man or her versus a woman because she was so powerful. So only like an act of God could take her out, the sea. (laughs) in the 2020 version mrs danvers has another hiss it reads like a hissy fit where she says after the trial where she you know um goes on the side of jack favelle she tells uh maxim and mrs de winter oh she was too she was basically too powerful only a man could have um could have brought her down could have killed her Right. Kind of making it a gender thing. And on top of that, mm. they kind of hinted at the facts without fully exp- expressing it, but kind of hinted at the fact that Mrs. Danvers had a thing for Rebecca. Oh, that was way more in the 2020 version. Yes. That like, I don't even know what kind of relation. Like, it was... I don't even know. She was like, I, you know, I, she grew up and I was there and then we came here together. And there was this like whole way more than a mother daughter relationship. Yeah. It wasn't mother daughter. No, it was way weirder than that. Right. And look, I'm not saying that the relationship itself, you know, in terms of, you know, if, if they had something, whatever, that's fine. But more of the way the movie treats it, the way the movie treats it is like as if Mrs. Danvers was this possessive, Mm. you know, like. But she's crazy. She's crazy. And basically, Rebecca only belongs to me. Yes. There was a sense of possession. Yes. To Mrs. Danvers, where there was a hint of that for sure in the 1940 movie, but not in a sexual way. Right, and this movie leans towards yes. it. I mean, it's not like too over, but like mm-hmm. it's a lot more than what we got before. And it, I don't know how it plays well in this story because, again, you could take it this way. Like if you are in favor of, you know what, Mrs. Danvers was in love with Rebecca and they had, maybe they had something or, you know, or just she was possessive by nature. Uh, Then I can understand if you enjoy that arc, you know, then it makes sense to you and you can like point out stuff. But, and this movie lends itself to that. Mm 
mm-hmm. the way like it you could easily break, make a case for it easily make a case but i don't think that makes it a stronger narrative for this movie like no. that one actually for me that's the weaker narrative like oh i was in love with her uh-huh. okay so that explains why you were a bitch to her like that explains why yeah, it's too simplistic. It's almost. too easy. Yeah. But if you treat it as if like Rebecca was almost like a mythological figure. Yes. She is mythological. Right. Mythic like, in the original. In every story that they tell in the 40 version, there's like this aura like yeah. that is just there. And, you know, Mrs. DeWinter just missed out on it, you know, because <laughs> she died. Yeah. But in this one, it was just like, you'll never take her place. She was the greatest thing on earth. And <laughs> I wanted her for myself. That's pretty much how it reads mm. from Mrs. Danvers. And it's just not a compelling enough story versus what we got already. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's the biggest problem with the movie. Yeah. You just don't need the nightmares. You don't need the sleepwalking. You don't need the montaging. You don't need the... The party, like, it's pretty. And then on top of that, they added so much sex to it. Right. And look, it. people will say, what's wrong with putting in sex scenes? Whatever. It, it. Who cares? But it didn't help the narrative, like, in terms of why these two people are together. Like, I thought that the original um, Maxim and Mrs. De Winter had way more chemistry then Army and Lily James and Lily and J- Army were like constantly in each other's faces, constantly having sex, which is believable. They're a married couple, but at the same time, like for the purposes of the movie, it's a thriller. You maybe don't need so much sex. Maybe. I mean, I think, yeah, this movie wants to be a modern version yes. of a, of a, you know, of that type of movie where it almost made me think more of like to catch a thief Mm. where there was more of that, um, sexual innuendo and, um, uh, sexual tension between characters that was played up. That's another Hitchcock movie. And, you know, that's the thing. Rebecca, isn't that, (laughs) it's not, that's not Rebecca. (laughs) Rebecca is a very different type of movie. It is, in, in a lot of senses, the 1940 version almost feels like a supernatural thriller yeah. without even having the supernatural elements. At but it's all. the, but it's again, it's like the aura of a character hovering throughout mm-hmm. this, the entire movie and everything that moves through it. Yeah. This movie just, you know, mentions the character, but doesn't really put that emphasis of how special that person was or how special Mm. that person was in the people's lives. This movie doesn't do a good job of that. And Mm -hmm. so it just treats Rebecca as, oh, she was just this pretty woman. And, you know, she loved Maximar. They were in love and she died. There's nothing special there. There's nothing. I like how the staff in the original was totally neutral. Only Mrs. Danvers was like called into question. Yes. And in this one, the staff was like, I feel like actively against her. It's kind of like uh, Mrs. Her. Mrs. Danvers' personal army, pretty much. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's how it felt. This this cast of characters 
that were the maids and the butlers. Yes. And in the original, you really don't get like such a a negative kind of crowd in the staff. It was like everyone was kind of neutral and um, not for her, not against her, just there. Yes. Which added to her sense of like, am I doing things, things wrong? Am I doing things right? Who can I depend on? I'm alone in this house. And, you know, it kind of fell on Mrs. Danvers. Yeah. Which is why there was like that, like, really bizarre tension between them in the original. Where the power dynamic was always in Mrs. Danvers's favor, but she was never domineering or, um, you know, her face was never judging her, had any sort of attitude towards her. It was truly like, you know, she was like a, a ghost or something in the house, like a weird presence in the house. Agreed, agreed, agreed. <laughs> Again, this movie was beautiful to look at. Um <laughs> Yeah, I remember watching the 1940 version, and they're in the French Riviera, uh, and in the beginning, right. And there were certain scenes in the in the 1940 version where I was like, "Man, I wish this was in color." Right, because of course it's in black and white at the time. Yes. So having that updated version and being able to see different things in yeah. color and how beautiful it looks, of course, great, no problem at all. What do you think of Army's yellow suit? Uh, the yellow suit is fine. Uh, kind of thought of like <laughs> Colonel Mustard it, yes. from like Clue. It's, yes. it's a very distinctive yellow. It was legit like mustard colored. Yeah, it's a, it's a very distinctive And yellow. I thought it was okay that it was in there once, maybe twice. Right. It was, he was like only wearing the yellow only suit. Only wearing that. Yeah, yeah. Every time they showed them together, he was driving in that yellow suit. Yeah. Um, and they went on multiple dates throughout different days and they just kept showing them in the same yellow suit. suit. Yellow, yellow suit. suit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just wish I, I wanted to like it really did. I, I like Lily James. I like Army Hammer. Those two people are, are very good in a lot of different movies that they do. Yeah. But man, the writing just let them down. Just mm-hmm. let them down. And yeah. just like you said, the care- chemistry between the two of them just doesn't match. It does- doesn't really work with them. No. Yeah, so Mm-mm. I wished for more, didn't get it. No. So Did you like the beginning with the uh, uh, old lady and stuff? Oh, uh, I always get a crack of how she says uh, Winter's name, uh, even in the trailers and then in the movie. I just laughed for some reason. <laughs> You know, it's not something that it was just involuntary, but like the way she says, Maxim the winter, like it's like this weird (laughs) accent. And I just laughed, you know, impulsively Uh, her entire sub arc. I didn't really care anything about it. I didn't feel any particular way until the moment when they're packing up and leaving. Right. Because the 2020 version was shite. Like that whole scene (laughs) of, oh my God, we're leaving today. I have to tell Maxim that I'm leaving. 
was done terribly in the 2020 version. The f- because the 1940 version had such suspense to it and urgency. There was a great sense of urgency because she is packing up the stuff. People are coming uh, to see her about the stuff of the lady, her bags, whatever. The mm-hmm. taxi's here. They got to go. The boat, blah, blah, blah. And she's trying to call him over and over again. He's not in his room. He's out. No, can I take a message? Blah, blah, blah. Over and over. And it's like she's like pacing back and forth. And as an audience member, you're doing the same thing because you're like, oh, my God, is this it? Like, she, this can't be it. No, like they can't go their separate ways now. No. And so the original does such a good job of building up to that moment where she's like, we're leaving. I can, you know, this is the last time and then we're going to see each other, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, why don't you come to Mandalay with me? Marry me. Right. And in this one, like it's the same thing, but you don't get any of the suspense. No, you get none it's of the done suspense. very quickly. There's not like all of this hullabaloo. Will she, won't she get a hold of him? It's just like, she doesn't get a hold of him once. And then she goes to his room. Right. Yeah. Like so, it's very quick. It, you know, like not, I get what they want to do. I get what they're trying to do there. Like they they want to jump into the story, but right, right. They haven't done a very good job up until no. that point. Well, here is what I'll say. I do like that they showed in even if it's in montage form, I don't mind, that they spend more time together so you can see why they show the week. They show the week. They show, yeah. you know, the multiple voyages to wherever they're going. Like, you know, here the, one day they're at the beach, one here, one bit, one day they're somewhere else. Yeah. But, you know, at least in a montage, I appreciated that. Like you can yeah. see, oh, okay, it's going from a companionship to they maybe a little more. They open up the week and they close the honeymoon. Right. Because in the original, they spent more time on the honeymoon. Right. That is true. Which it would so have been nice to like show that too. Married, and then they're driving into Mandalay. Right, <laughs> like that's what the 2020 version does. I would have loved to see more of the honeymoon. Show them, yes, in love. There, show them, you know. There is a sense in the original that they spent months on the honeymoon, that they were together and having a great time on their honeymoon for weeks on end, and then they get to Mandalay. So in this one, it's like they get married. Who knows how long they spent on the honeymoon? Boom, we're at Manderley. And there's not this sense of they spent more than a week together. <laughs> it's funny how the 1940 version has more stuff in it, yet it's, I believe, the same runtime. Mm. It, it's crazy how superf- superfluous stuff just finds its way into the 1920 version, just things that are unnecessary. You mean the 2020 version? Did I, what did I say? You said 1920 version. Sorry, the 2020 version <laughs> is what I meant to say. Just things that are so unnecessary to show yep. us as an audience or to live through as an audience that the 1940 version, like, packed it in, just like you said, it's tight. Like, yeah. that movie like gets from point A to point B showing you what is necessary, showing you what you need to know as an audience member and leaving out things you don't to reveal later, mm-hmm. but you know, revealed at the right time, not too early, not too late. And, and with the right 
people and you know the right acting the acting was better like you know it's just i mean there's a reason why that's why i said it's yeah this version is disappointing there's a reason why critics didn't like it and there's a reason why uh audiences didn't like it i mean just taking the average audience score of 43 how often do you see a low score like that low by an audience yeah it's it's never that low Usually audiences are much more forgiving yeah. of a movie, no matter what type of movie it is that they see. But in this particular case, it was oof, <laughs> not not good. Kaka. So with that said, yeah. Did you have anything else that you wanted to add about Rebecca? No. Go yeah. watch the 1940 version of this movie. It is by far the better movie. Yes, I agree with that. And I will leave you with. (laughs) You didn't even like it. And you're still like, yes. No, exactly. Exactly. I'm going to leave you with this line because I just laughed so hard when I read this. And this is just like a little (laughs) line from a critic, uh, Adam Graham from the Detroit News. Hitchcock is by no means rolling over in his grave, but he might be rolling his eyes. And with that said, that has been our episode. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this has been the Always the Critic Podcast.